Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Today's daf is being taught by Justin David, the rabbi of Congregation B'nai Israel in Northampton, Mass. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Justin David. The daf we have today is filled with agadot, anecdotes, stories that riff on or depart from the main theme of Oneg Shabbat, the very this-world, even central enjoyment of Shabbat. We have on this daf a series of illuminating statements of how the great Amoraim prepared for Shabbat that are just beautiful and charming in all of their humility. We have some stories shot through with great humor and irony about the spiritual and even material rewards of celebrating Shabbat. One story in particular is great. There was a man named and probably Joseph who loved Shabbat, Yosef who loved Shabbat, and he, evid- and he evidently had business relations with another man. Soothsayers told the other man, Joseph, who loves the Shabbat, will consume all your property. So the man sold his property and consolidated his assets into one single coin, which the man put in his turban. When he walked over a bridge, a wind blew, dislodged the coin from his turban, and the coin fell into a water. Remember, this was all of this man's worldly possessions, all of his value. And when it went into the water, a fish ate it. The fish was caught, but there was a problem. Because the man had no money, who could buy the fish? So as it was close to sundown before Shabbat, they, meaning the soothsayers, the man's hangers-on, said, bring it to Joseph who loves Shabbat, meaning that he was accustomed to buying, uh, he, was accust- he was accustomed to um, doing his last-minute uh, shopping for Shabbat. So Joseph who loved Shabbat uh, bought this fish, found the jewel inside, and then sold the jewel for, as the Gemara says, 13 rooms of gold. And as the story ends, it says, a certain old man met the man, the man who sold his possessions and consolidated into this coin, which was sold by the fish and bought by Joseph, who sold it for all this gold. This man's, this uh, old man said to the other man, he who lends to the Shabbat, Shabbat repays him. So this matter of the unabashed physical sensual enjoyment of Shabbat raises the question of how we understand the physical Shabbat theologically. Judaism certainly, and this almost becomes a cliché, affirms an embrace of the pleasures of this world, and many see a kind of triumph of the pragmatic in this. But there's something deeper going on here in this meditation on Onek Shabbat. There's a way of looking at the relationship between God and humanity, which we come to understand that our pleasure of this world, imbued with an awareness of awe, is itself a sacred task. In this sense, it seems to me that the underlying theology of this daf owes its debt not only to the rabbinic view of Shabbat, but of prayer in general. One can make the argument that rabbinic prayer is, as Heschel would say, radical awareness of being cared for in this world. And one may also make the claim that the paradigm for such radical amazement is not necessarily the holy time of Shabbat, but the most basic pedestrian moments of eating. And we've certainly had eating in these pages. My thoughts go here because of a personal love, and I might be biased here, of a passage, of a passage from Tractate Brachot, 
It's a passage in the Gemara from the sixth chapter, right at the beginning, and it takes its cue from the Mishnah at the beginning of the sixth chapter of Brachot, that enumerates the various blessings we say over different kinds of foods. The Gemara, after the Mishnah, after posing uh, a proof text for the Mishnah, which itself is a sign, perhaps, that uh, prayer before food was an innovation by the rabbis of the Mishnah or their forebears, the Gemara states that food requires a blessing both before and after eating. So then Rabbi Akiva takes this requirement, and he takes it to another theological level to say, it is forbidden for a person to taste anything before a bracha, before saying a blessing. This strong statement of Rabbi Akiva is picked up later in the Gemara in a powerful theological reflection of the role of eating, pleasure, blessings, and ultimately prayer. Picking up on Rabbi Akiva's statement, the rabbis of the Gemara go on to say that it is forbidden for a person to enjoy anything of this world without a blessing. And not only that, but one who has enjoyed something of this world without saying a blessing, it is as if this person has misappropriated things that would normally be reserved for holy service in the temple. In a later generation, Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav Shmuel, all who enjoyed this world without a blessing, it is as if they had benefited from the holy sacrifices of the temple belonging to heaven. As it says, the world belongs to God and all that is in it. These are powerful words, but they're incomplete. Because if the Gemara ended here, we would have the impression that we're basically subservient guests in this good world. Our benefit, though, is an opportunity for a radical awareness, but one which we don't enjoy. I mean, after all, if uh, we're spending all of our time being grateful and not concentrating on the pleasure we're getting from this world, then really, what's the point? I mean, certainly we can, certain, we can appreciate the sanctity of this world, and that would be a very good thing to curb our own consumption, but from a rabbinic point of view, the holiness of heaven becomes manifest in the experience of this world when we treat it as a gift, which is to say, to savor it and enjoy it. And so the Gemara continues, and remember we're still back in Brachot, beginning of chapter 6. Rabbi Levi uh, showed no, uh, actually showed an apparent con contradiction between two verses. One verse from the book of Psalms, the world belongs to God. But also from the book of Psalms, Hashemayim shamayim ladonayim ha'aretz natan livni adam, the heavens belong to God, but the earth God gave to human beings. The Gemara responds, no problem. God can be in heaven, we can enjoy earth, that is, after we give a blessing uh, for what we have. So when we voice our radical appreciation for the bounty we have, then we come into ownership of this world with all of its delights. The delights of this world, after all, are the signs of the Creator, and so our ability to derive both awe and pleasure from this world is limitless and essential. My favorite teaching about the limitless potential of pleasure in this world concerns the injunction to say a bracha over fruit-bearing trees in the month of Nisan. And by the way, not just eating fruit-bearing trees, of course, but smelling the blossoms of fruit-bearing trees in the month of Nisan. So the rabbis ask, after they give us this injunction, do we really need to say a bracha over a fragrance, something that doesn't give, any, uh, that doesn't give the body any benefit? But the, re the response of the rabbis to this is au contraire. A fragrance might not give any benefit to the body, at least nutritionally, but it does enliven the soul. And from where do we learn that a gift to the soul compels us to express our sense of wonder and gratitude? From the very last line of the book of Psalms, Kol ha every soul shall praise God. By which, perhaps the rabbis are saying, from the place of our souls, for the gifts that delight our souls, we sing out hallelujah. 
And so Shabbat is our reveling in this garden of earthly delights, striving for an awareness of Ladonai Ha'aretzum Lo'ah, that inhering in all of creation is the Shekhinah, God's indwelling presence. And so it is a time for good food and bountiful meals, each to our own ability, the mundane tasks of preparation taking on holy significance. Shabbat becomes a time of community, of companionship, of the joys of social and spiritual friendship. And with the backdrop of the Song of Songs, it is a time to cultivate a sense of the holy and sensual intimacy. Yes, the prohibitions and the laws that make up its boundaries are akin to a mountain standing on a hair. But the space of Shabbat, even just one Shabbat experienced in all its intensity and fullness, may give us a renewed vision of what our lives and our world can be in all of their promise. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.